Greetings, fellow serialites. It's me, Dan Grimshay. I'm just here to provide a little bit of context before uh, this week's uh, podcast, just so you realize. This is our 2023 Comic-Con preview, uh, which, as you hear this, if you're listening to it live, is still almost a week out. However, a lot of things have changed since we recorded it a couple of weeks ago and today, namely, of course, the writer's strike now turning into the Screen Actors Guild strike and cancellation after cancellation of various panels and autographs. Uh, we have it on good authority that the Comic-Con is still going to happen. However, there is going to be even less than the less we're used to. Uh, for the record, I myself, I cannot speak for all members of the staff here, but I myself stand behind uh, SAG and WAG. Uh, and, and as much as I enjoy me some chat GPT, we got to fight the AI while we can. Uh, all that being said, please keep in mind that all this episode, we were unaware of the whole maelstrom coming down. We did not think it would be this big. Uh, so anyway, if you are a card-carrying Comic-Con lover and you've bought your tickets and you're headed out, we still invite you to do so. Even if Comic-Con is half of what it usually is, San Diego's a gorgeous place and we welcome you here. Uh, all right, enough of that. We're not trying to be political. We're just going to give you a show. And oh, you know what? Here it is. Enjoy. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, You guys want to start the show? Let's start the show. everybody welcome to saturday morning cereal it's the show that celebrates the themes of saturday morning tv that we grew up with and also now that we're grown up and spending the money those themes grew right up with us uh before we talk about anything of any importance why don't you get to know us i'm dan grimshay i'm the host so when you hear this voice listen if you need to tune out, listen for these voices. For example, Marky, why don't you give us a, a taste of uh, your velvety tones? This is the smooth velvety tones of Marky, the producer extraordinaire. You heard it, everybody. He's committed to talk like that the whole show now. Uh, I'm going to go horse. <laughs> there it is. Uh, but once you go horse, we also have another perhaps consequential voice, Jimmy the Gent Lazinski. This is the sound of my voice. See? Utility player. <laughs> <laughs> Additional voices provided by Jimmy the Jan Lezinski. <laughs> All right. So now what you're in for is a little bit of time hearing these three voices talk about, wouldn't you know it, 
Comic-Con. Oh, it's back, baby. Yeah. It's back. Uh, well, it comes back every year, but there is some concern. Let's just go ahead and lead it mm-hmm. off with this. It's coming back less and less each year. Is it really, though? Well, I I hate to keep going back to COVID. But COVID, yeah. COVID, COVID. COVID, now, COVID disrupted COVID a lot now? of yeah, things. We could be on as, an upswing back from like the, like it was way up here. For the listeners at home, this is a good podcast. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's pointing now, up. And then COVID was way at the bottom. Now it's and now it's kind of coming back, back up on the other side. So he side. just did a pendulum swing. Would you agree? Yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Vaguely referring to COVID through the whole thing. Right, right. Uh, my point being, uh, COVID changed a whole lot of things, especially in the realm of gathering a million or so people together in a confined space. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, but it's, I it's think not that's as true. socially acceptable <laughs> yeah. as it used to be. And it also turns out we found enough alternatives that other people are like, all right, why? And maybe it's, I don't know if they're having trouble moving tickets, if people are afraid or not willing as much as they were to come out to something like this. I don't know if it's, you know, convention fatigue. And I don't know if it's, the studios who always put out ridiculous amounts of money to do things like this. If they're like, Hey, turns out we can get word out without spending this kind of whatever it is. I would argue they're not having trouble selling tickets because it sold out in 20 minutes again this year. Couldn't get, couldn't buy tickets. I think it used to sell out in five. Luckily we, you know, we're sort of above that here in the, in the press but, That's uh, right. We're in the trenches. Right, right, right. You don't want our four-day passes. They're hell. Right. And and over COVID, various, like, uh, Netflix does their own sort of a con type of thing called Tadum. And then there's... Uh, and it the was too boring. You know, yeah, I didn't hear anything every about year. it, but yeah, yeah, go ahead. And then uh, DC does their own... I, I don't... It was the name like the Void or the... Yeah. So DC something has yeah. their own con where they're just announcing like everybody it's more convenient for everybody to sit down and pre-record everything and then have some virtual host introduce all these little 20 30 45 minute videos right and uh, i think amazon or amazon i'm not sure if the correct pronunciation but (laughs) (laughs) of any of those words (laughs) (laughs) but they also do and of course disney's doing their own the disney yeah right and and, well um, disney's got the pockets to make their own disney has their own convention live convention d23 Mm -hmm. and then uh you've also got your well celebration Exactly. Star right. Wars yeah. has its own, Which but that's pretty big. that's not a yearly thing. That's a it's about every. It it's probably about every, averages about every, every four years. Yeah. yeah. Well, they but, did. But every time they put out a, a half decent uh, IP. Also, though, <laughs> and I think this is actually really, really, really important. But a lot of the retailers have their own conventions. Like Sideshow has their own convention, and Sideshow is not going to be at Comic Con this year. Walmart has their own kind of toy convention. Um, Hasbro, which is a big, you know, obviously a big uh, retailer. They I've sunk have their a number of hours of my life in the Hasbro yeah. line. They have their own. It's it's called Pulse. Pulse Wave or convention or something, but anyway, they have their own things. Is that and a Transformer reference because so, that's cool. Uh, memo Otherwise, to the boys stupid. in research: we need the yeah, names it's of called, these conventions. It's called Hasbro <laughs> Pulse, and uh, you know, like you have your fingers on the pulse of collecting, or I don't know. But um, anyway, yeah. I think so. Yeah, yes, I do. I do agree with the premise of that concern that 
COVID made things like changed things a bit. However, um, the uh, Comic Con Museum, which is a fairly new exhibit or a new facility here in San Diego, and it's oh. it's great. You guys should go. Um, it started formerly I, the San Diego Sports Museum. It was the yes, exactly. It was the Sports Museum. Um, and they if just, you need any uh, any any inkling that the nerds have not taken over, <laughs> yeah, they're like <laughs> they just wrested swept the museum right one. from another the jocks. Victory. They just roll <laughs> Tony Gwynn into another <laughs> place. <laughs> but uh, you'll but, do okay uh, in the flight museum, Tony. <laughs> so yeah, Tony's Those gone. Boys at Alpha Beta didn't um, even see it coming. <laughs> but yeah, so that that basically opened, I think, two years ago, um, and. They are right now. Um, I just I just pulled it up at the at the recording of this podcast. I don't know when you're hearing this, um, but, but we're right recording now, it up to the minute. <laughs> we're recording it now, um, and um, the Comic Con Museum again. Go check it out. It's awesome. They are auctioning off several four day passes with preview night. They're auctioning them off for charity. The charity is the museum. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I gotta try that. But, oh, that's uh, a pretty short but, loophole. Yeah. I also but, have a press pass. I'm gonna auction. Off. Uh, <laughs> goes to the Jimmy the Gent Fund. <laughs> but uh, if you if you go on eBay right now tonight, right now that one four day pass, and they have several, is going for fourteen twenty five. So on eBay right now, a four day pass with preview night is going for fourteen hundred dollars, and there's two days left in the auction. So you tell me that Comic Con is what? What do you what? What would that? What do you ballpark that day? That four day pass if you bought it, if you were able to get into the queue and buy it online. Yeah, Price is Right style. What is the real MS? I don't remember. I I haven't had to buy one. Five. I don't think it's five hundred. I think it's only like three. I don't think it's that much. I mean, it's only a banana, Michael. How much? Yeah, I, have, <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. But ten dollars. You know, I haven't had to buy one since I started this podcast to not have to buy them anymore. Um, so yeah, like anyway, Maybe I we think can get that's, the interns to cut that too. Yeah. <laughs> that's no, that's the truth. <laughs> Print. <Yeah. laughs> Going full maybe, board. Maybe don't be so uh, braggy about us. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so um, anyway. Yes. But there is concern that Comic-Con doesn't have the swing and it's lost it pretty quickly. Case in point, the badges came in. Yes, uh, I saw that. But, you know, the uh, production value of the in badges, years past, yes, when you I, get the badge, it's like a Willy Wonka golden package. You got this cool little box with a little magnetic clasp and it had like a pin in it. And, yep. and they're like collectible it. stuff. Yeah. This... It came. It in arrived. Bubble wrap in bubble wrap. No. No frills. No lanyard. Yeah. No nothing. No, just no lanyard. Yeah. It does have the plastic uh, uh, sheath at least still. <laughs> sheath. Yes. And the and the scabbard and the I ribbon. Guess if it were I think the, what that tells that you is that price. I think yes, just, but the ribbon that says pass that you put on it but not yourself. anything that's going to go around your neck you need it your own that's lander. actually pretty normal you have to Besides get your the, there. Uh, which is obvious true albatross yeah. of being a nerd and having to go to comic-con every year oh yeah yeah that weighs I mean, kind of heavy on my neck <laughs> i think with that i look i think it's very very possible that the sponsors are not there like they used to be but but I think that there is an overcorrection going on right now with some of these licensees, licensors. 
Um, I think that some of these studios are making mistakes. It's going to leave openings and vacuums and other people are going to fill it. There's going to be a lot to do um, at this Comic-Con. There's going to be a lot of people there. To be fair. And um, there are also some of the bigger studios that are not going to be hosting like Hall H events, which is kind of what all the press is focused on. That start with an M. They are going, yeah, start with an M or a D. Ends in um, an Arvel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or a Wars. Um, and um, Or a C universe is going to hell. <laughs> um, but I think that, you know, they are doing other things. They, uh, they do have have big um, exhibiting uh, booths and things like that. And a lot of them are focusing their money on the installations that are outside of the convention. Um, So Comic-Con still gets the benefit of that. Uh, The city of San Diego still gets the benefit of that. And a lot of people get the benefit of that because we get to go out there. We get to see these installations. They're really fun. They're really exciting. And you get to enjoy it. Well, yeah, it's for sure still the biggest convention that comes to San Diego. Over 100,000 attendees. That's not counting... That's just people just, in the that's room. Not yeah. That's not uh, counting retailers, yeah. distributors, all the all the talent and all the hoot nannies that go on with that, right? That still brings mm-hmm. a ton of money to the city of San Diego. Yeah, yeah, and so I, I think there's going to be a little overcorrection, and um, you know the those studios that are participating in Hall H, you're going to have a big forum. You're going to get a lot of buzz. It's going to be unmatched, and um, I think the pendulum, which we referred to at the beginning of of this episode. I think it's going to swing back. And let me, it's going to let, get me again. let me play old scratches advocate for just a second here, Marky and and Danny, who has a lot of it, experience Jimmy. going to these events. Wouldn't it be okay if we did a little pruning and cultivation yeah. of who does attend? Like, I, let's get rid of some of the dead weight. We don't need every single new show that's coming out on ABC to have a presence there, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, even, I mean, maybe they could just be slightly comic book or superhero or, or sci-fi fantasy or, or yeah, sci-fi yeah. adjacent. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, I remember that news sh- a couple of years ago, there was a new show about stewardesses that had a big presence. Yeah. It was the, yeah. the like TWA or something. Something. Yeah. I, yeah. I, it it was, was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So there can be too much of a good thing. Right. So maybe this is, this is maybe we're going to reel it in a little bit and get what we, what we as comic book fans, nerds, aficionados, mavens, admirers uh, really want from this event or really appreciate. I think you're right. And I think that leads us to, I mean, something that I always look forward to every year. It it indeed you do. Yeah. And and I think... (laughs) Why we're why we're here today? I, I mean, nobody would agree more than you, Mark. But something that I look forward to every single Comic Con, which has not gone anywhere, is that there's every single year there is a huge WB animated feature film world premiere at Comic Con every and that's single true. year. And every year you do talk about how you got to have your WB. I got to have my WB. WB. Animation, WB Home Entertainment, the only people that are knocking out superhero-related movies. That are great. That are good. Every time. time. Yeah, you're great. Great. Yeah. yeah. Forget about the DCEU and all that. Forget about the Flash movie. Yeah. We're not getting into that. We just, we're barely over that. (laughs) But these movies are good. So, yes, I agree with you. That is one thing that is always a highlight for me and you, as you just said, of Comic-Con every year is these, is the WB animated movies and last year 
was an exceptional movie. Uh, it was the Green Lantern. Beware my power. Beware my power. Um, I did attend. I went to, uh, I was uh, a part of the press room, which we did a lot of roundtable interviews, which were great. Um, and um, and then I attended the world premiere. And usually the way that they that they do these is it's usually on a Friday night or a Saturday night. It's in one of, it's usually in, it's not in Hall H, it's usually in the... B, like um, B, the, the second one. It's like the I second biggest BC, room. it's yeah. Yeah, it's like the BCD or something like that. But yeah, so it's usually in the second biggest room, and they'll usually, like, it's, so there's probably, what do you think, about a thousand people? At least. Yeah, so there's probably about a thousand people Maybe even 1,100. Yeah, thousand, 1,100, and... We'll all watch Might be this as low movie. as nine hundred. I, I don't want to get away from that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's so there's give or take a hundred people. This is journalism, guys. <laughs> and there's not just one big screen. There's about fifteen big ass screens in front of all these people, um, and every seat is a good seat. They got surround sound everywhere, so you get to watch a real legit. The, the Green Lantern's flying over me right now. You hear him? He's yes. He's I think in agreement. <laughs> Um, so yeah, every every seat is. Did a you good say seat. in agreement? In agreement, <laughs> every seat is a good seat. And um, after we all watch the movie, then the panel comes out, which is full of stars, the voices that you hear in the movie, the producers, the writers, and things like that. It's just an amazing event. It's one of the things I look forward to every year. We know. Well, we are at the again at the the time of the recording. Nothing's been announced yet, but we have a pretty good idea of what they're going to be premiering. What do you think, Jimmy? If I had to guess, uh-huh. I certainly cannot say anything on the record. Yeah. Um, but if I had, I mean, based on what's coming out, right? Yeah. Uh, Justice League War yeah. comes, it's comes out shortly. War World. I'm sorry. Just a, is it War World, right? It's War World. Let's, yeah. let's Justice of League World at War. Yes, everyone all knows of those, that. All three of those movies are coming out. <laughs> And that's sort of a big deal. It's the uh, maybe the fourth or fifth in the new what I'm still desperately trying to label as the Luke Hicksverse. Yeah, the new director that took over from um, that one guy. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so it's like it's a whole new DC universe, right? And uh, he did the Long Halloween, and they did that new Superman Man of Tomorrow. So it's that the, that universe. And uh, Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman all all are transported into various uh, different universes that are different stages in time, right? So I'm really excited to see this. Obviously, I can't even yeah. talk right yeah. now. So yeah. excited! Is, yeah. <laughs> He's forgetting all kinds of stuff. But uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, don't be afraid to jump in, guys. Yeah. <laughs> or just stare with your I was mouth. Afraid I'd lose a foot. Right. But I... <laughs> so yeah, I think. But last year's uh, uh, San Diego Comic Con 2022, you know, we were a part of this. We were part of the press rooms. I did all of the roundtables, but Jimmy here actually got some one-on-ones. Um, these are short little audio bursts. Jimmy went in there, talked to all these people. <laughs> so um, why don't we... Uh, Unbeknownst I, to them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were very aware of it. <laughs> Guerrilla style. Only got only got a few sentences apiece with them. But I thought that it would be a good opportunity for us to... Let's, let's celebrate the things that we love about San Diego Comic-Con. It's the WB world premiere uh, feature length yeah, uh, animated we've, we've, uh, movies. We've actually dedicated a number of episodes yeah, to the ones absolutely. you've seen. What like uh, like Hush? I think 
We did Hush. Um, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting. We did the Long Halloween, I think. The Long Halloween. I think, we got a lot of that. Gas. We might have made that a Calendar Man or something in that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah like, we definitely covered like that, that one. Guy with a calendar. So there's been quite a few. I feel like there was a Justice League Dark, Justice League Justice Black and White, Society. Justice League, Justice Society. Which it's was a, one of the first uh, movies one. of this Luke Yeah, curse, but right? not not all of them are premiered at Comic-Con, <laughs> but this is a big deal, and I think this remains a big deal, and we've been sitting on this audio for a long time, so oh, yeah, we're going to... It would have been great if we did kind of cover that this episode. I think we should. Well, I think, live yeah. and learn. Um, so uh, tell us, uh, tell us oh, some of the audio. Oh, you want to do it? <laughs> yes, who do we have? All right, well, then I guess we're talking to uh, the people that Jimmy talked with. That's right. Right? Now, yeah. I do recall, you, first of all... Big name off the top. I know because I love Westworld. Uh-huh. I I uh, I decry its cancel its cancellation. Uh, even after that third season, that was bad. <laughs> even the third season, <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed. Yeah. Okay. That was that was quarantine years. That was don't oh. be a quitter. But you watched it. We're talking about it. <laughs> it's but art. Jimmy Simpson. Jimmy Simpson. Yep. Jimmy, Jimmy Simpson. Simpson. Also star of one of my favorite episodes of the Black Mirror, the USS Callister. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, the yeah. the Kendall Smooth dude. Aren't... Well, he was also he he played a voice in the Bad Batch. So he's a he's a Star Wars voice. I mean, I I know this guy. Is that him? Yeah, yeah. yeah that that's guy. how that's everyone right? knows. Who him. did yeah, he okay. play? He played uh, General Pike. No, that wasn't him. The wrong guy. That was wrong a different guy. guy. Yeah. <laughs> That was Jimmy Blimson. Let's not get sidetracked, though, because not only you talk to Jimmy Simpson briefly, but strongly is my understanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you went ahead and talked to Brian Bloom. Right. You just threw him aside. You talked to a few others, but he was also in uh, Smoking Aces, Brian Bloom. Never a bad time to mention that. Bloom played Pike. He played Pike in the eighteen yeah. movie. Yes, yes, I remember him. Okay, I knew you'd get here. There. We go. I knew it was. I knew Half you'd circle. Get there, kid. No, 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 no. Uh, Simpson played Doctor Royce, and Bloom played Pike. I want to say, I'm a little and naturally, I Jimmy asked them that, that as uh, as he spoke with them. We'll, we'll I'm get trying it. to get there. I'm we'll get, get it from the horses' mouths collectively, I think. But uh, magic interview machine, why don't you whip us over real quick for some mini, super hard hitting episode? Uh, interviews between Jimmy and Jimmy Simpson and Jimmy and Brian Bloom go. Meanwhile, welcome to San Diego Comic Con 2022. Jimmy, my name is Jimmy. What a thrill to meet you, my it's friend. Really fun. Uh, we're talking about Green Lantern. Beware my power. Mm-hmm. We're bringing back the hard traveling heroes. You played Green Arrow. I do. Tell me about the first time you read the script and your reaction to your pivotal role. Uh, well, thank you. What was your name again? Jimmy. Oh, right. You'll get it. You'll get it. I'm kidding. Um, so, yeah, it's. Uh, I was kind of blown away. I, I didn't really know that much uh, about Green Arrow. And so, not only did I think the script worked so well, I then kind of did a deep dive into the history of Green Arrow. Of Green Arrow and it was, it was just kind of a fascinating development of character. Um, and... It's like there's like a buddy pick element to this feature. I mean, it, it, the third act will blow your mind and you're not going to expect the beast that we must encounter. You just won't. But the first act and a half is just, you know, I'm, I'm Green Arrow and there's this, this new schmuck, John Stewart, and I gotta show him how to get the shit together so that we can save the world. And um, so I drag him along and show him the ways of the ring. 
Right on. Yeah. So uh, we only got a little bit of time. Two questions. Okay. My second question for you, Jimmy, is when I was a little boy, I used to have to get up early in the morning to beat my brother to the couch to get a good spot in front of the TV so we could watch cartoons. Sure. But I'd have to get up even earlier than that to beat my parents into the kitchen so I could pour myself a big bowl of sugary goodness. So I'd like to know, what was your favorite bowl of Saturday morning cereal, and what was your favorite cartoon? Oh, that's a great one. Um, God, I was... We, our household didn't have them that much, sugary cereals, so when we had it, it was everything, and I still eat them to this day because I would deny them as a child. Uh, and I think my favorite probably would have been Lucky Charms. Um, just those marshmallows. Yeah. So sweet, so good. I get you. Early addiction. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't mind if they bumped up the marshmallow ratio, just mm-hmm. to scotch. But. And then Saturday morning, because afternoon cartoons is definitely Thundercats. Saturday morning... Honestly, I, my strongest memories is when they actually delved in, in the early 80s, they were delving into like Pac-Man and Donkey Kong, mm-hmm. and these characters that we were just interacting on this like 8-bit level were now on our television screen. I love that. Yeah. Oh, and Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was such a good one. Yeah. But that was also based off the video game, right? Dungeons and the video, the arcade game. Uh, based off the, the dice game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. All right, man. Yeah. That's it. Thanks so much. Love the movie, man. Thanks, bro. Brian, one more. One more at this end, down at the cheap seats. All right. Uh, Welcome to Comic Con 2022. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Green Lantern, Beware My Power. Yeah. And you star as Adam Strange. I want to know my first question. Tell me a little bit about uh, where we find Adam Strange in the story and what sort of research did you do to get to know this lesser known Sure. I, I actually didn't do a, a ton of research on this character, but I, I didn't necessarily have to. I had to learn what the authors of this movie were doing with this character. And I think, um, you know, it's our responsibility to do a little of both. I knew a little bit about Adam Strange. I grew up, even though he's had sort of limited visibility, if you will, across the canon and spanning the years, but I grew up watching the Super Friends and the Justice League, and and as they expanded out further from the root of what you might call the primary central characters there, I also learned a little bit more about some of the other layers and learned a little bit about Adam Strange back then, but I wanted to make sure that my mind and my voice was open to doing what the authors of this movie wanted it to be and that we could bring something original to it. You asked the question, I can answer it. When we meet Adam Strange, he, uh, without giving too much away, is really down and out, and he's been separated from and lost um, almost everything that he loves, and he's very much in need of a second chance that he doesn't think he necessarily deserves. And in order to find that second chance, he needs to band together with some enemies and some adversaries um, to resolve this conflict. So across this arc, he finds that second chance and finds friends and a team uh, where he otherwise may not have one. Right on. Pivotal, pivotal character in this story. Spoiler. Uh, so I only got two questions. My second question uh, for you today, Brian. When I was a little boy, I used to have to get up early to beat my brother to the couch to get the good spot in front of the TV to watch cartoons on Saturday morning. But I'd have to get up even earlier than that to beat my parents into the kitchen and pour myself a big bowl of sugary goodness to get me through the morning. So, Brian, what was your favorite bowl of Saturday morning cereal and what cartoons did you watch? Yeah, man. You're, so I, I, when I was a kid, I used to watch the Super Friends and Justice League, and I also fought with my uh, two brothers. 
brothers to get to that mm -hmm. place, and uh, we weren't allowed super sugary cereal. About as sugary as we got was Honey Nut Cheerios. I still love them to this day. Yeah, man, that's a good memory. Nice yeah. and light, light yeah. coating. Yeah. Hey, that's it, man. That's my time. Thanks, Great. buddy. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody, hold on, Let hold me... on. I, I would, we, we'll get deeper into it. And first, uh, uh, much credit to uh, not just Jimmy the Gent, uh -huh. but also our, our guest, Jimmy Simpson, Brian Bloom so far. Mm -hmm. uh, but this is a create a supervillain contest yeah. for kids. Yeah. No one thinks that's a little wrong. <laughs> little Jimmy thought it was the best idea ever. I right. didn't win. <laughs> was there? Was this like after they had to create a hero contest? Why is it create a villain contest? Well, you got all the heroes covered yeah. pretty much in that commercial. I I kind of want to point out that's El Olen Sule, the voice of Batman. Casey Kasem was the voice of Robin. Robin. So that's old school. That's like super friends and voices. The, it's the it's the original voice of Wonder. I can't remember her name, but I've actually I've met her at a con before. Is it Diana Prince? That's the name. That's that's Wonder Woman's alias. So no. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember uh, also, her name. But also, her for the record keepers, that's the second episode in a row where Jimmy dropped that uh, the, the that knowledge yeah. bomb yeah. of of who uh, did what, what's the name again, Jimmy? Olen Sule. Olen Sule. Which really like sounds it. like a like an anagram. I know, it like does. some kind of clue. Batman. To, Oh. You guys, I see you doing the math. <laughs> yeah, There's hold no on. Too many L's. Yeah, that's that's great. Uh, I just, I really like that. I do remember the, you know, um, where you would tear off the little proofs of purchase. And they were actually on, on the uh, General Mills had a little, uh, it was a cursive small G and an M. Mm -hmm. and, was, and then it was like a round kind of button. And you would literally cut it out of the lid of the box yep. and you would mail in five of them, 10 of them or whatever. Yeah, the whole yeah. proof of purchase thing, great gimmick. And that goes way back. Yeah. And you would, I you would, just, they would send still you the psychology of like, let's let these kids go ahead and create villains. That's, Oh, that feels weird. I think it's just this. I think it's just this kind of excuse Is to like make monsters. culture. I think it's just to make monsters. And plus most, I look, I, I'm 45, 46 years old. Somewhere in and there. I don't have kids. Brag. Thank, thankfully. <laughs> um, but I've seen all of your That's kids' so art, and it all looks like monsters to me. It sucks. It's horrible, so you might as well win some prizes for it. <laughs> Let's give them all participation trophies. And it looks like it looks like Robin's willing to, if you guys heard in that commercial. He's like, even the worst, the worst villains, you're going to get some stickers. 
I love that. All right. I mean, I'll set it aside, but I still feel like maybe they broke our generation. If they were doing stuff like that, and I totally forgot. What's wrong? Let's let's have them uh, exercise What's wrong with letting kids dream a little bit? What what could possibly go wrong that you grow up and have a podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Like six years later, suddenly they're shooting up uh, schools in Aurora. I don't want to. Oh, you really really took this to a bad place. I did. Yeah. But anyway, let's bring this back up. Let's elevate. Oh, yeah. Comic-Con, right? Elevate. Comic-Con. I think it's this is a good opportunity before we get to our next batch of awesome audio. Um, I think we should talk about this movie a little bit because I, I did see it. I saw it again uh, during the world world premiere. Jimmy, have you... Uh, I don't remember you being there, but have you seen it since? I was there. Okay. <laughs> I have seen it. Uh-huh. And Unz, I loved it. Yes. It's a great Green Lantern story. Mm-hmm. It's a great... It's... it's it. I, I Forgive me, I don't know who wrote it off the head, off the top of my head, but... Um, Ernie Albacher, I think maybe. Uh, just guessing. It's really a guess. But anyways, they did a great job of capturing so many iconic Green Lantern moments and bringing it all into one story that that pushes the green the the Green Lantern core to the to the forefront. At the end of this, we're going to be dealing with all the Green Lanterns. Yeah. But it really talks about John Stewart, who who I mean, we know a little bit about him. He was uh, in Vietnam, and then he became a Green Lantern, and that's almost all we know. So they fleshed out all of, all of his stuff and why he's got trauma, and why he may or may not be a good Green Lantern. Spoiler: so Maybe the headline here is they got a good Green Lantern movie. Yeah, well, absolutely. Which a lot of industry well, I mean, watchers I, could say is a cursed right. property. I, he, we <laughs> could have just said that, or yeah. Uh, yeah. But I say that in service of the next thing I'm going to say. Oh, I beg your pardon. Which is that we've brought it up on the show when we talk about these movies. For where there is a mini DC universe that a lot of people aren't as aware of, but they consistently put out great movies. Yeah, this is what you're, uh, what's uh, what what's the director Jimmy? Uh, Butch Lukic. Ludic. Lukic. 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 I thought it was but uh, yeah, uh, yeah. The Lukic verse yeah, is actually killing very quietly. Yeah, they, well, and I think this is the second kind of verse that the WB animated features have been able to pull off. And I was really into the first one. So when they ended that with the um, Justice League, it's the one with Constantine in it. Justice League Dark. Dark, yeah. So they, that that kind of ended the previous verse. And then now this is we're into the second verse of it. And the first one, I just... My God, every single movie just blew me away. I just love that stuff because, um, you know, I don't really care all that much about special effects or, you know, you know, makeup or costumes. Like I'm I'm all about the story. I'm all about the story. I've already seen dinosaurs wander the earth. (laughs) So let me hit uh, me on a deeper level. it begs to be mentioned that the name that's escaping us is James Tucker. Oh, the Tuckerverse. The Tuckerverse, yes. right? Oh, Which started with Justice League Flashpoint Paradox. Oh, the my maybe my favorite movie right, of all right, of right. them. It's freaking fantastic. Right. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, there's so many great titles in there. Batman Blood, Justice League versus Teen Titans, Justice League Dark. The one that ended it and reset that universe 
is Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. Yeah. And at the end of that, Flash, uh, who was voiced by Chris Gorman that we talked at, uh, the uh, Doom that time. came to Gotham, yeah, yeah. Uh, he resets that whole universe, which brings us to the Luke verse, which is all the which starts with the Man of Tomorrow and uh, Justice Society, right? And that's what we're that's where we're in now. Let's. I mean, I, I thought we should clear out some of those names. Thank you. No, yeah, and, and that's good. Right, and right, we, right. we should act like we knew that. Right. And so <laughs> we edit so this. Back? this that, uh, <laughs> no, the machine. The is Green broken. Lantern, beware my power, is part of this new universe. Right. Yeah, and I I think it's 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 headed. But in the overall, same direction. like this, almost, and I hate to say it's overlooked because we're talking about it. So obviously there are. And they get movie premieres at Comic-Con. That means something. But it's so easy and quick to dismiss the the cinematic DC universe. Uh, well, I think this People is... People just know Joss This is an opportunity and, to do it, though, because, like, um, you know, comics have been going on a long time, and there's always resets. Comics, you say? Yeah. Yeah, comic books. So, like, there, there's always there's always resets, and, and so... Whenever there's like a like a live action motion picture, most people are upset at it. Even going back to the Tim Burton, Michael Keaton, everybody hated Michael Keaton. It, it was it was all. I don't feel well, we can just throw that before out there. the movie came a out. A lot of people before the movie came out. A lot all of the people press were was, very against. They were very against it. Michael Keaton, yeah. Mr. Mom at the time. Yes, nobody and, was against a superhero movie to the level they could be today. I would well, argue, but well, I see you, yeah. your point. You didn't it's, have it's as just, much access to express your opinion as you did. Yeah, as you do there's today. that as well. I mean, DC received uh, a, a, a mountain of letters about how Michael Keaton. Is not a good, wouldn't be a yeah. good Batman. And you how many? Go on YouTube. How many were written by you, young Jim? He <laughs> um, wanted zero. pure West. Oh, zero. Okay. Zero. And and actually, famously, although I did share that opinion, I I, I never took the time <laughs> just, to write a letter. Famously, Adam Adam West, who, your your favorite Batman, right? Jim? Correct. Uh, yes. He vocally was upset that he wasn't cast as Batman in 1989. I think that was a bit, though. That's I remember when, that. So up I until like that, that time, was he was still going to car yeah. conventions and, and various, not really comic, well, probably yeah, comic he was, book he conventions. Yeah, he was still going to comic But he would go around and still wear the costume, his Batman costume. Yeah, yeah. And when the 89 Michael Keaton movie came out, they, they um, wouldn't let him do it anymore. And he could only show might, up yeah, and be upset too, Adam but, West, yeah. formerly Batman. He couldn't dress up in the costume anymore. So that might have been he was, he like, was, he, he part was of the reason raw. he was upset. Yeah. But um, And uh, if you were known for one role, like if somebody were to make the Marquis story and they cast Jimmy as Marquis, <laughs> I mean, you might have an opinion about that. I'd watch it. Oh, well, for sure. Yeah, I think it'd be great. Uh, wouldn't be any you're, bad You're in much better shape than me. <laughs> uh, much but yeah, rounder. I think... Um, um, my whole point is that like comics get reset all the time. Comic books get reset constantly, constantly, constantly. And everybody, uh, it depends on which version of the comic books that you were reading when you were a certain age, that's going to be your quote Batman or your quote Green Lantern or whatever. So there's always going to be a lot of negativity around all these things. What's really cool about these different verses, the Tucker verse, and then now what's his, uh, Ludic, the Ludic verse, um, is that we, you know, these two generations kind of get their own versions of these stories. They get to be expressed in different ways, and they get to be experienced in different ways. Um, I love that because 
I'm not caught up with all of the, when I was a kid, there was Hal Jordan and that was it. So it's great that I get these stories about all these different Green Lanterns. I just, I love it. I love all this stuff that I'm being exposed to constantly. I'm always learning about comics. And that's what's cool about for, for me, somebody that grew up more in the pop culture, but not necessarily in the comic books. When I go to Comic-Con and when I watch movies like this, this is where this is me learning about the comic books that I didn't read. <laughs> like I actually get caught up on some of these metaverses and things like that. It's a cool opportunity for me. So if you guys are looking for crash courses in comic books, looking for crash courses and like to catch up with some of these stories, watch these movies because they're going to catch you up real quick. So yeah. the, the DC animated movies are, I would argue, are better. Than the DC live action movies. Okay, I'm not going to. Oh, I feel that. like I started this whole conversation saying that right. flat out. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Some people call that a callback, <laughs> which is a callback. <laughs> yes. Anyway, call it a cameo. So, just so the, as accurate. When you make these, the the guys that make the animated movies, you got one or two uh, producers, supervising producer, a director, and a writer, and that's sort of it. And all these dudes love the comic, and they love the story that they're telling. That they're bringing from the comics. Whereas in the live action, you've got so many producers, uh, chefs in the kitchen. And everybody is more, apparently, I can't speak for anybody, but they seem to be more about making money in the bottom line than they are about telling a good representation of the comic book story. Or even a good story, period. Right? Mm. And these guys don't have those constraints. They can really just geek out. And I although think, I would wager that the live action movies, even when they're called a bomb, just generate more money. Not profit, but well, more money so we are than any other put that anywhere. We are gonna t- <laughs> So we are gonna talk about the flash. That was the floor falling. <laughs> yeah, so yes. There's obviously there's always gonna be a lot more conversation about the live action and you know yep. um, but the conversation is so positive. About live action, it, yes. It, it's no, always no, so about positive. The, if we if all fandom could have the conversation about the animated DC movies. It would be a positive one, I think. Has has there has there can can you even think about the last time that there was universal acclaim for any live action superhero movie? Like when was the last time that happened? Uh, Do you think of one? Maybe nineteen seventy eight Superman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe so. Yeah. You know, well, like yeah, describe universal. They didn't get a lot of letters anyway. saying that Christopher Reeve would be a horrible <laughs> Clark Kent slash Superman. God, he's still the best. Superman or maybe ever. they did. Interns, <laughs> look it up. Look at yeah. we'll turn in next week yeah. for the answer. Yeah, but so it, it just doesn't really happen with live action. And it's it's it it's it's kind of because when you're doing a live action, you have one chance to satisfy everybody's version of that superhero, and you will fail nine times out of ten. I don't understand the why of it, but yes, I I do agree that the secret to the DC animated sauce is that it's under the radar. Yeah, they can. It's it's terrible that if you don't have to worry about how many people are going to watch it, then you can make a good superhero movie. <laughs> yeah, that's my point. Yeah, here's a couple that's, bucks. I'm just bitching about the state of the world. You guys go get some hot dogs. Here's a couple bucks. Go get some hot dogs. There's, there's but there's come back with a good story. However, what that does say is that if you can get your hands on an animated DC movie, it's going to be good. Hey, you know what? I know a Green Lantern one came out not long ago. 
got a couple of names attached to it we talked to. Ooh. Jimmy did a lot of the talking. They did the talking back. Their names, you ask me? Well, there was a Jamie Gray Hyder, and there was also an Aldous Hodge. Uh, what do also, you guys say? Aldous Hodge was uh, John Stewart, the star of this. Yeah, but the also the titular Green Lantern I mean, of this story. This guy's also the uh, live action embodiment of the most recent Hawkman. Actually, the first Hawkman ever in film, uh, Aldous Hodge. That's that's huge. on the big screen. On the big screen, yeah. Oh, on the I big mean, screen, yeah. Has, big screen. Has, yeah, yeah. And I did not mean to take that away from him. My apologies right. to no, Mr. Hodge. Not at all. Yeah, I did not see the movie didn't, he was in. Didn't save that movie. But, <laughs> <laughs> but he's still, I'm sure, good in it because he's awesome. From Headline, like, Hawkman flies lower than ever. <laughs> However, he shines in DC Animated uh, playing, well, I guess we'll find out. John Stewart. John Stewart. Damn it, stop ruining it. That's the third time you already said it. Let's just go straight to the uh, John Stewart's mouth on this one. Magic interview machine, bring us over there. I'm great. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm great. My name's Jimmy. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Uh, we're talking uh, at uh, Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con 2022, talking to one of the stars of Green Lantern Beware My Power, Hawk Girl. Tell me about where we find Hawk Girl in this story. Pissed. She's real pissed. Now she her entrance is about four minutes of banging before she says a single word. Right. Um, Hawkgirl is very motivated in this case. She's really trying to save her planet and her people, and anyone getting in her way is going to get their head knocked off. Uh, but what makes this film unique with its conflict is she actually has to go and work with her enemy and find common ground because they're united in what their goal is, um, which I think is a great lesson in life, the idea of trying to identify with your enemy or someone you don't think you have something in common with because I think you'll probably realize you do, and mm-hmm. it makes it a lot easier to solve problems. Did you have to do a lot of research into Hawkgirl? Were you pretty familiar with her at all? I knew of her, but I didn't know much about her. And one of the first things that struck me was that she was initially created in 1941. Mm-hmm. The idea that DC was creating strong, badass female characters like that at that time is remarkable because no one else was, and we have issues with that, you know, even in today's time. So learning about her long history was equal parts exciting and nerve-wracking because especially here at Comic-Con, you're with fans who have lived with these characters and these franchises for way longer than you have. And so you want to do it justice in their eyes while also bringing your own kind of creative ownership to it. So it's about striking that balance. What do you... What... What do you do bring to the Hawkgirl? What do you think? What's your stamp on this character? I think... For me, I really tried to identify with a lot of female armed forces members and veterans and things like that, and trying to honor and ground her in the real heroes that are out there doing this. Their motivation is to protect their country and to protect people that they love. And so for me, that really motivated me um, to create some nuance. She's just not there to smash things. There's a there's a passion behind it, and there's love behind it. She just expresses it oddly, you know? <laughs> right. So right, it's kind right. of it's like embracing that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last question for you. Maybe you got a little taste of it, right? But uh, I used to have to get up early to beat my brother to the couch when I was a little boy so to get the good spot in front of the TV so we could watch Saturday morning cartoons. But I'd have to get up even earlier than that to beat my parents into the kitchen to pour myself a big bowl of sugary goodness. Yes. So tell me, what was your favorite bowl of Saturday morning cereal and what cartoons did you watch? My favorite bowl was always Frosted Flakes, but I was never allowed it. So my grandmother kept a box at her house. So whenever we'd go to Nana's, I would throw up in the cabinet and that would be the first thing I would eat. I realized years later that it was probably the same box for probably (laughs) five years because I was the only one eating it. But getting Frosted Flakes was like the biggest treat. And then you drink that milk at the end. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm like, yes. 
Like a little mini shake. What about cartoons? Did you watch any cartoons? I loved growing the up? Goofy Show. I loved, like Rocky Bullwinkle. You know, they're really school. like kind of old school classic stuff. I mean, that's like. I thought that's where Saturday morning cartoons kind of started. Mm-hmm. Um, so I loved anything that was like a little bit goofy, you know, maybe had some subject matter that it wasn't really supposed to be learning about, but it was veiled and that made me yeah, feel like yeah. a bit edgy, you know, so things like that. A little grown up. All yeah. right, that's it. Thanks so much for your time. Enjoy nice the rest to meet of your you. time. Have here. fun. Oh, my pleasure. Have a great day. One more right here, buddy. Oh, my bad, brother. I did not mean. That's okay, no problem. What a pleasure to meet you all. Likewise. Uh, we're here at San Diego Comic Con 2022 talking about Green Lantern, Beware My Power with the yeah. star, John Stewart. Um, tell me a little bit about how where we find John Stewart. He's not such, he's a well known Green Lantern, but we don't know yeah. that much about his origin, which we yeah. get into in this movie. Tell me a little yeah. bit about that and his arc. Too. So, where we meet him is him basically at the beginning of encountering what his destiny is when it comes to the Green Lantern Corps, him trying to figure out, you know, because that ring hunts him down. <laughs> you know, we realize it starts off in a very dire, perilous situation, but when it comes to him, he's now stuck with a question of whether or not he wants to do it, but to a degree, he's almost not given a choice. So he's fighting against himself and his own better nature, but he's a man on a journey, really figuring out where he's at and what new purpose looks like. Right on. Uh, you really nailed this this role, man. I, oh, I'm really you. impressed. That some pretty big thank shoes to Phil, that. following Phil Lamar, right? Yeah, like Phil's, I said. first of all, shout out to Phil because he's an OG. I grew up on Phil's work, especially when it came to John Stewart, and I'm really I'm a fan of Phil, so I got to give him that love. You know? Yeah, I, well, in my opinion, it definitely represents well. Thank you. Yeah, uh, so last question. I know you have to get to the premiere. Um, when I was a little boy, I used to have to get up early to beat my brother to the couch, get a good spot in front of the TV to watch Saturday morning cartoons. But yeah. I'd have to get up even earlier than that to beat my parents into the kitchen so I could pour myself a big bowl of sugary goodness to get me through the morning. <laughs> so, Aldis, what was your favorite bowl of Saturday morning cereal, and what cartoons did you watch? Um, back in the day, it was probably Corn Pops uh, mm-hmm. or Frosted Flakes. Still love Frosted Flakes. God dang it. Lucky Charm snuck in there every now and then. Or yeah, Captain yeah. Crunch, all berries, though. Captain all Crunch, berries. all berries. Don't hit me with that other sweet stuff. Sweet destruction in it your mouth. It would cut the roof yeah, of your yeah. mouth. I don't understand how they put knives in cereal and let it be legal. But Captain Crunch, all berries is awesome. Um, man, I was watching, as far as cartoons, dang, I remember it was like Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, Power Rangers, um, Batman Beyond, yeah. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> got a running thing about Super Friends because I remember watching Super Friends. Mighty Mouse was back in the day. Thundercats. All the OG stuff. All the good stuff. Yeah, yeah man. man. Yeah. Influenced your work. Hey, thanks, buddy. Thank Looking you. forward to it. Thank Have you. a great day. Thank you. There's a tiger whose life is filled with dangers. Protecting the secret formula from strangers. Cause the formula makes Kellogg's sugar frosted like cereal A delicious part of this nutritious breakfast And the secret taste of frosted flakes makes Tony say There goes Tony, that was a close call Yes, this secret agent stuff can be hairy business Ha 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 Is it corporate espionage in an 80s cereal cartoon? What? Yeah. How old was it? Because I don't actually remember that that was that from the one. 80s. Uh, one of the things, and obviously you guys can't see this, but uh, there was some 
text on the commercial that's it was all about the fortified, you know, eight vitamins, minerals, blah, blah, blah. And the whole concept of fortified. And that's why this is this kind of skews on the healthy cereal side. But the reason why I played that one is because um, several of our guests, actually all of our guests, are very, very fit and good-looking people. Yes. as a, Yeah. <laughs> when you say all of our guests, you don't mean just the four we've had today, but in general. Well, I'm talking about specifically the when four we, today. The four today yeah, for yeah. sure. But I've, I've noticed, if we're going to talk about it, that's a theme. Yeah. We interview celebrities. Yes. And they're good-looking. And looking. they tend to <laughs> have to monitor yes. their caloric intake. And I'm noticing uh, that some of them, especially the more fit ones, they tend to treat the sugary cereals that we all grew up with with such like out of reach reverence like they yeah. they they their parents never really let them but when they did and then yeah they always you know, they always mention like no, no no well you know we we grew up on a <laughs> on a collective farm and uh, my parents wouldn't let us have any sugar but once a year yeah, they would like, give us <laughs> Kicks, yeah, yeah or some something, weenies. and you feel bad for them, but then you also are standing next to them and don't feel that bad for them. Yeah, so maybe there's something to it. Maybe, yeah. maybe, uh, maybe my mom shouldn't let me have uh, cookie starring crisps. In, you're starring in a DC animated movie, and I'm doing podcasts. So, uh, <laughs> like Jamie maybe here, something to it. I, I, I could have had a little bit less GI Joe chocolate <laughs> sugar bombs when I was growing up. Sugar bombs would be the best cereal ever. <laughs> let me have it. Let me. Have have a bowl of sugar bombs but yeah so like yeah jamie had to go to her grandmother's house to get the sugary cereal and it took them a y- years to eat the one box is what her theory is so, <laughs> maybe she should have spent was, more yeah maybe like she should have spent it. more time with her grandma is the underlying issue though <laughs> maybe so <laughs> but it also she describes it like like the uh the the parents bottle of gin that they never drank and she just kept putting water in it. Yeah, yeah. Until over the years it was just It was just it was all, all brand flakes. water by the time she got out of high school. In this case it was all just raisin yeah. uh, raisin how, bread. How would you do that? Well, thank God they don't have clear cereal boxes. Well, Kids out there listening, that's your saving. You, I don't grace. know if you guys remember this, but we've actually discussed this on a, a podcast of ours years ago. My grandma had the Tupperware cereal containers so she would decant the cereal into crazy the tupperware you could see through it so yeah so and i believe and hers so she like the impurities would settle at the bottom (laughs) all of the marshmallow dust would be at the bottom you could see it you couldn't wait to get there (laughs) plus being the toy would be sitting right up at the top yeah Yeah. it would shake yeah um so yeah uh i i totally relate to that i would go over to my grandma's and she always had it was always lucky charms i remember the lucky charms so it was you could see all the marshmallows and like the little layers. And yes, there would be a nice little layer of marshmallow dust at the bottom. It was fantastic. I could relate to our guest. She's very fit. She obviously didn't eat a lot of this sugary cereal. Like <laughs> I did. Um, but yeah, that was great. Um, thank you for um, sharing that audio with us, Jimmy. Um, oh, thank you. Yes. Thank you, Gary, once again for bringing this talent to mm-hmm. uh, our porch. And, uh, you know, I don't always mention Bleeding Cool, but when I do, it's because they help me get these interviews. <laughs> I love Bleeding Cool. Good for Bleeding Cool. So, yes, uh, official shout-out to Bleeding Cool. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's, that's what's known as an audio hashtag. I do have roundtable interviews with all these people as well, um, but I just thought that's that... for Patreons only. Yep, <laughs> yeah, that's really... behind the paywall. <laughs> um, maybe if you guys we'll really want to hear it. Yeah, you're gonna have to hunt it down yourself. We won't even tell you the name of our paywalled show. <laughs> maybe we'll release this audio hashtag sometimes. Show. But uh, a lot of this stuff you'll see on various uh, podcasters on their YouTube pages and stuff. So the audio is out there floating around. If you don't hear from us, but the major point here is that there's there's great programming out there right now for comic fans, for movie fans, for animation fans. Um, and, you know, Comic-Con's not going to go anywhere. Don't worry. You know, like... Well, there, the there may be isn't that it's going away, but it... I I is uh, since we're going to go back to the original might have might be might have hit its apex mountain. It is changing. It has to yeah. adapt. And I think it will. And I think it is uniquely placed to a, to adapt and change the landscape. But it always for everyone. has no. been changing and yeah, adapting. It used yeah. to be. I think it's adapt. It's adaptation. It used to be a tiny little convention with just comic books at the old Aztec. Uh, I hotel. think if, and if, then it got if so they can't huge figure out, and bloated, it got so big that we voted as a whole. The city of San Diego voted to, to not, not get money. a new, <laughs> yeah. to not get a new football stadium, but make the comic convention center bigger so that we could house San Diego Comic Con. And it's working oh. out. It's the biggest draw for the city. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you, you, I, I think we've just stumbled upon it, but so much evidence that uh, we have driven the jocks out of town. Yeah, Nerds! that's exactly. <laughs> there are no Chargers anymore. The Padres are doing great. Could yeah. probably win the World Series, and it still would have trouble selling out. Well, they got a whiff last every year, time. right? Uh, they've been doing great, and they're. I look, it's all working out. There's there's room for all of us here. You know, it's, it's, it's all working going out great. According to plan. But there there is there is something very very it's going very so special. great that in the middle of the baseball season, the Padres always rent out their entire ballpark to Comic Con. Right, right. They didn't do that one they year. Their sh- they planned their schedule. Yes. Well, yeah. we were all locked in our houses. Uh, <laughs> no, no, that was even that was that was that was a different year. But there, there is there is something really, really cool and really important about being the pop culture center of the world, and Comic Con still is that. I mean, all these San Diego, Comic-Con. San Diego Comic Con. Well, we call it Comic Con, but you know, you guys, all have, you guys all have your some other people call fake it Comic Con International. Um, but some yeah, so like there's mini cons. Yeah. I call it SDC, New York Comic Con for existence. <laughs> but there is something very, very special about being the pop culture center of the world, and San Diego gets that. You know, New York Comic Con doesn't get that. Chicago, the 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 Comic Con that's in Chicago, which I don't even know what it's called, that, that doesn't get that. There's, there's I believe one it's Seattle. probably the Chicago Comic Con. I don't even I think it is. Not. I think it's called CCE something. Comic Con. Are they actually coming up with different little kitschy names? Yeah, everyone's I thought got it was their like little the names. New York Comic Con. New York Comic Con does. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, so that's, that's off, name. off book, right? Hmm. New York Comic Con. How do they even come up with that? <laughs> but <laughs> it makes sense. I mean, it's it's the NYCC. Yeah, versus but the S D C C. If you do in Chicago, it should be the C C C C C C C D. There's no Entertainment Weekly magazine C-E-3? with New York Comic Con on it. There's there's new like they they publish particular editions of their magazine for San Diego Comic Con. But I don't I don't think it's going anywhere. I know that I'm still looking forward to attending and participating and just being a part of it. I got my parking pass. 
I'm all ready to go. Hashtag are, are you comfortable telling us where you scored this year? Because you have great well, parking I, pass luck. Look, man, I'm going to be in the convention center parking again. Mm. Oh. So I'll be down there. I do have Those a favorite of you space. Who, who, who hike the Comic Con? Yeah, you know every how year valuable you faithful. This is. Mm-hmm. That's a base camp. Yep. Right. Base in, camp in the mountain. Locker, cooler. It's got my lunch. It's got my drinks. Nap spot. It's nap spot. It's, it's right. It's, oh, it's shaded. It's, it's who can sleep yeah. at Comic Con? Nobody sleeps. No sleep oh, till I mean, Brooklyn. Sure, people, people like you drink. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we pass out, but we don't sleep. But yeah, so uh, looking forward to seeing all of you all at Comic Con this year. Um, so I don't know when you're listening to this, but uh, this is for this is our special, somewhat preview celebration Comic Con 23. Yep, because sure. the face Give of Comic Con this year and probably going forward, it's we hard to make. We a don't preview. know what it's going to look like, and we're looking forward. We didn't to- even touch on. You know, the cancellation in Hall H, no Marvel, the writer's strike. There's lots of things facing Comic-Con. And I've been the the naysayer, but even I believe Comic-Con is not leaving. It's not It's just right. changing. It won't. And it's fine. And it will change, and we're still waiting for the dust to settle, in my opinion. I, yeah, and it's it's just whatever form it comes in, it's going to be great. It's going to be fun, and we're just we're looking forward to it. So um, we'll bring you some audio at the, you know... Uh, this usually marks the end of our season. This is our 10th season, so this is probably the last episode of our 10th season. So thank you guys for 10 wonderful seasons. Yes. Um, and uh, the next time you hear us, we're going to be kicking off season 11. We'll be bringing you the, the audio from Comic-Con 2023, whatever that may be. Yeah. Uh, and that's looking... a great thing for us about not being actually associated with uh, HBO Max <laughs> is that they can't cancel us. <laughs> they can't cancel Even us. if no one listens to this episode, we'll be back next season. <laughs> yeah. We get letters. They try to cancel us. We have, we, <laughs> We've been informed by even our ISP got a provider. Fuse, uh, we don't care. C&Ds. And uh, I keep getting calls from Bud Light. They want to sponsor us, but uh, I'm just not going to say We're just too smart for that. <laughs> no, thank you. Oh, dear Lord. Well, before we actually say something that I guess we'll regret, we'll end 10 minutes ago. And since we can't do that... I'd say right now is about enough of this. Yeah, that's about enough of this. That's enough of this. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Oh, this is enough of this.